Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and ki- steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he's demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Thanks, Sally, and thanks, Kylie, and welcome along this evening, everyone. If we haven't met, my name's Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity Church Modbury. It's wonderful to have so many regulars and so many new people with us, and I hope it's been a great lead-up to Christmas for everyone so far. Um, about 20, 20 or so years ago, my family was having Christmas Day dinner at my grandpa's house. I would have been in my early teens at the time. Uh, and grandpa, I remember my grandpa was really, really excited um, because he bought himself a video camera. And um, this is before like video cameras were on phones and everything. So this was quite a, quite a unique sort of thing for him. He, so he set it up on a tripod uh, set it up right next to where we were having dinner and filmed us all while we were, while we were eating dinner together, which we thought was a, a little bit weird, but thought, oh, that's up to you, Grandpa. You do, do whatever, you, whatever you want. It's your house. I um, just realized, yeah, all oh, right, my screen's not working, but that one is. That's, so that's why the, screen, the slides have been doing random things, because I can't see it properly. I think that's, 
That's where it's meant to be. All right. Still with me with the story. Grandpa's videoing us having dinner. Um, and then, so we finished dinner, and then Grandpa led us all into the lounge room and made us sit down and watch the whole video of us all eating dinner. So it was about, it was about 90 minutes just sitting there. My mum my eats about three times slower than anyone else in the world, so it was mostly just watching her eat the whole time. And I, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I've waited 365 days for Christmas, and here I am watching a video of myself eating food. Uh, there's so much expectation, isn't there, that we place on Christmas Day? So much planning, so much preparation, so much money. Uh, and sometimes Christmas lives up to the hype. But then sometimes it doesn't as well. Uh, maybe Christmas is a, a difficult time of year for you, for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe you just find it really stressful trying to, trying to plan all the family things. Uh, and for all of us, we, we wake up on Boxing Day and it's all over. Uh, but in the Bible passage that we've just read, Jesus... So the Bible passage comes from John's Gospel, which is basically a, a biography of the life of Jesus. And, and we see that Jesus offers us something better and something longer lasting than even the best Christmas we can imagine. Something that will exceed our highest expectations. He tells us that he has come to offer us life to the full. Now, you might be wondering, why on earth are we looking at this part of the Bible at Christmas time, aren't we meant to be hearing about babies and mangers and, and wise men? Not thieves and gates and, and sheep. Well, the reason that we celebrate Jesus' birth is because of who Jesus is and what he came to give us. And so we're going to be thinking tonight about how gates and shepherds and sheep help us to make sense of Christmas. And we're going to start with the gate. Uh, so Jesus tells us, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Now, it seems like really odd language to use, doesn't it, for us today? But, but Jesus is using imagery that would have been really familiar to, to people back in that time and, and that place. And perhaps they were even standing right next to a flock of sheep as Jesus was saying all these things. Um, I want you to imagine for a moment um, hundreds of sheep crammed into a really tight sheep pen. This was years before the RSPCA was around to, to oversee this kind of thing. And they can, they can look outside of the sheep pen and they can see these luscious green hills. And they, they just want to be out of the sheep pen and, and on the hills eating the grass. And there's only one way that they can get there, and that is through the gate. And Jesus, Jesus is saying to us, as John said before, I am that gate. Life to the full is on offer. A life that can't even compare with what we experience right now. Life with none of the, the sadness or the, or the brokenness of the world that we live in. And life that is never, ever going to end. And Jesus is telling us, I'm the only way to get this life. But to offer us life to the full, Jesus had to lay down his own life for us. And that, and that brings us to the next image in our story, which is the shepherd. Uh, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Je Jesus is asking us, when a, when a flock of sheep gets attacked by a wolf, who's going to rescue those sheep? 
the robber's not going to save the sheep. The hired worker isn't going to save the sheep. It's only the shepherd who knows and cares for his sheep who's going to risk his own life to save them. And Jesus is saying, I am that shepherd. I give up my life for my people. Which begs the question, doesn't it? Why does Jesus have to die for us? What's the danger that he needs to rescue us from? And the answer to that question is what the Bible calls sin. Now, sometimes we think of sin and we think that sin is a, a bad thing we do or a, or a bad thing we say. It actually goes a lot deeper than that. Um, sin goes right to our hearts. Sin is about us rejecting and ignoring the God who made us. And, and instead of living for God, living for ourselves instead. That's what sin is all about. It's a relational issue. And the reason sin is such a serious thing is because of who it is that we're doing it against. Uh, you might have seen this photo on the news uh, a little while back. The, the two people in that photo uh, are in a lot of trouble. They've just thrown mashed potato all over a, a famous and very expensive Monet painting. Now, if, if those two people walked into my house with a can of mashed potato and, and threw it all, all over the artwork on my wall, I'd, I mean, I'd be a little bit annoyed, but I'd have, to, I'd have to laugh a bit as well. I'd say, well, the joke's on you. The mashed potato probably costs more than the artwork on my wall. Um, but here, their protest, it's very significant, and it, it attracts a lot of attention, doesn't it? Because it's something really valuable that they're ruining. And in the same way, sin is a really serious thing because we're doing it against the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who is perfect in every way, and the God who deserves us to worship him and, and live for him. And sin has consequences for us right now. We, we see it as we, we look all around us in the world. We see war and terrorism, inequality, suffering, bullying, abuse, broken relationships. And all of these things are the result of a world that has lost touch with its creator. But we don't just see it out there, do we? We don't, we don't just see the brokenness out there. We feel it in here, don't we? We, we all feel the, the guilt and the shame of things that we've said or thought or done that we know are wrong. Deep down, I know that I'm not the person I ought to be. Uh, so sin has consequences right now, and it has long-term consequences as well. Because it leaves us out of relationship with God. It leaves us deserving God's judgment. But God doesn't leave us there. God doesn't leave us there. He sent his son, Jesus, into the world to take the punishment for sin that we all deserve by dying for us. And not only that, but God raised Jesus back to life again to show us that on the other side of death, there is life to the full. I think there are, there are two bearded men, aren't there, who we tend to think about at Christmas time. Like, um, there's Jesus, who obviously didn't have a beard when he was born, but grew one a little bit later. And then, and then there's Santa as well. So the, the, the two bearded men of Christmas, Jesus and Santa. Uh, but the messages that they both bring us at Jesus at Christmas time are completely the opposite. So what, what does Santa say? Santa comes along and he says, 
I'm making a list, I'm checking it twice, I'm going to find out who's naughty and nice. So in other words, I've got, a, I've got a big sack full of presents here, and if you've been good enough, you might get one. You've got to earn it. Now, I'm sure that can be very useful leverage for parents to have at, at this time of year, um, but Jesus comes with a, a completely different message to that. He tells us, I came and I laid down my life for you so that you can have life. It's not about you earning it by being good enough. You just have to trust that I am. So will you listen to me? Will you follow me? That's what Jesus asks. And that brings us finally to the sheep. Uh, so a few verses later in John's Gospel, Jesus, Jesus tells us this. He says, My sheep, so my people, they listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, back in those days, often you'd get multiple flocks of sheep that would get kept in the, sh- in the same sheep pen, maybe to save money or something. Um, they all would have looked the same because well, they're all sheep. But, but the thing that distinguished one flock of sheep from another was that the sheep knew their shepherd's voice. And when the shepherd called, the sheep followed him. And so Jesus, he, he's asking here, are you my sheep? Are you my people? Are you listening to my voice? Jesus is saying here, there, there are ultimately, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who hear my voice, respond to it and have life, and then those who don't. And we see that division even now in this passage. Uh, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? And you've got to admit, like, they've got a pretty good point. Jesus is saying some pretty extreme things here. Uh, but then the, there were other people who said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Uh, so for context, Jesus had healed a blind man right before all these things happened. So everyone who's listened to him say these words, has just seen him give a blind guy his sight. Um, so this second group of people, they, they think to themselves, well, hang on a minute, yeah, Jesus is saying some pretty extreme things, but, but he's also doing some pretty amazing things and teaching some pretty amazing things. Uh, maybe he's actually worth listening to. Now, it's all very well for Jesus to, to say to the people who are right there in front of him that, that they should listen to him, but what about us? How do we hear Jesus' voice 2,000 years later? Well, we hear it in the Bible. All of the Bible points us to Jesus in some way. But it's, um, we see Jesus and we hear Jesus particularly closely as we read the four gospel accounts that we find in the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. In fact, right at the end of John's gospel, which is the one that we're, that we're looking at Tonight, um, John says these words. These, all these things I've written, they're written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So in other words, John, who was one of, one of Jesus' disciples, he sat down and he wrote this biography of Jesus' life so that people like us could read it and believe in Jesus. Um, so if you're here tonight and, and you're not sure what to make of Jesus, why not have a read of one of these Gospels and decide for yourself, if, is, is Jesus mad? 
Is Jesus just a made-up myth? Or is Jesus someone that I want to get to know a bit better? Uh, you're welcome as well to grab one of the little books that we've got. I should have, should have grabbed one as I came up here, but we've got a few books at the back that, are, that basically just summarize the, the Christmas story and, and show what difference they make to our lives today. So as you're, as you're heading out the back doors to grab a sausage afterwards, feel free to just grab one of those booklets as well and have a read. Uh, if you're someone here who, who does believe in Jesus, well, this passage gives us great assurance and great encouragement as well. Uh, the assurance is that Jesus holds us safely in his arms. Uh, Jesus tells us, I, I give my people eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. People let us down. We know that, don't we? Uh, we let ourselves down. We know that as well. Jesus will never, ever let us down. He knows the worst things about me, and yet he still laid down his life for me, and he still calls me to follow him. That's the assurance that we have here. And the encouragement is that Jesus hasn't finished calling people to follow him. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So what he's saying here is that more and more people are going to hear my voice and they're going to follow me. And it might be people we wouldn't expect to follow Jesus. And that's the encouragement that we need as we share about Jesus and and talk about Jesus to people around us. That it's not up to us to save people. Jesus knows his sheep. Even if they're wandering far away right now, Jesus knows them. And they'll hear his voice when the time is right. That's a promise. And so we can trust Jesus as we point people to him and love people by pointing to him. And so at Christmas time, we celebrate a baby in a manger. And we celebrate because of who that baby was and what that baby came to do. Jesus came to offer us life to the full by laying down his life for ours. And he promises that his people are going to hear his voice. They're going to follow him, and they're going to receive true life in his name. So why don't I pray and give thanks for that? Dear God, we thank you that Jesus gives us life to the full. We thank you that he secured us life to the full by laying down his life for ours. Thank you that he holds us safe in his arms. We pray that this Christmas and over the coming year, Jesus would be calling more and more people to follow him and that more and more people would be hearing his voice and entering into this life to the full. Amen.